Hey, man. Uh, sorry. Sorry. I, I I made it on time, right? I'm sorry I'm late. Did, wait. You just asked if you made it on time and then apologized before I could even answer for being late. So... Yeah, because the, the, the asking was really just covering my butt. I know I'm late. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Well, uh, what was it this time? Uh, nothing big. I mean, I was just changing a diaper. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Being a new dad, I'm sure you're doing that a whole bunch. No, not his. Mine. You know what? I don't, I don't even want to know. I just... I'm I'm gonna go work over here. Enjoy your stay. What have we here? I suggest a new strategy. You really belong here with us, fucking club. Don't get excited. Oh, welcome back, scoundrels, to another episode of Cloud City Casino, your destination for Star Wars and gaming. And I am your host, Michael Morris. And that other guy who smells a little funky right now, that's Nathan Butler. Hey, everybody. I tell you, it's awesome. There's like this yellow stripe that turns blue once I pee. <laughs> oh, I mean, once he pees. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Baby technology. Yeah. I am sure it is expensive. Better not be, given the burn through them like freaking crazy but that's okay yeah that's the way it works so yeah it's been about a month we're our goal was like hey let's let's try and start doing this a little more often and then it's like turn around oh my god has it really been a month <laughs> yeah but i think this time we had the excuse of the fact that you know it was like we could record but e3's right around the corner so that's true. Yeah, we'll but... just you know we'll cover it all at once and that just means more time passes, more stuff gets covered in the single episode, more stuff gets missed. You know, that's it's pretty much the, the, the deal, the track record. Right, right. Well, we, we get to it when we get to it. Very much so. Speaking of um, of getting stuff when we get to it, um, I am, I'm starting to sort of scrounge around to find places around here. Yeah, yeah, he's all excited too. <laughs> um, because we just saw that announcement of the Arcade 1-Up arcade cabinet that's going to have all three of the arcade games in it from Atari back in the day. Um, I mean, I, I grew up on that game at Showbiz, which is now Chuck E. Cheese, so I'm all kinds of excited for that, and thankfully it's small enough that apparently you can sit it on a table, so now I just got to figure out where am I going to store it when it's not in use, and then I can be like, okay, okay, I can justify it now, but we'll see. Right, uh, but, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the, the biggest That's thing. this fall, though, so I've got some time to, to plan ahead. Right. Yeah, that that's been my thing lately. Is I'm just like, I find you know what I need to start putting stuff on eBay because like, my thing is, you know, I, I could clean the house up very easily if I just took everything to goodwill, but I, knowing like how that a lot of this stuff has value, and I'm like, no, I need to just put it right. on eBay. The problem is, then it just sits around forever. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's like me. I've got, I mean, I keep questioning whether or not I want to keep my entire Legends book collection or not. Um, he's, he's, not happy about that. he's not happy about that. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's kind of one of those things where I would never get as much value out of it as I got into it. But at the same time, if I sold it off piecemeal, that would take forever. But... 
I wouldn't want to sell it all necessarily at once because if I did, there's stuff I need to take out of it. Like I've got some book series where, you know, maybe the first book in the series is signed and the rest aren't. And I want to keep the signed one, but maybe not the rest of them. So it's a question of, well, then if I'm going to hang on to them, does that mean I put them in storage? But if I put them in storage, they're not on display. So then what the heck is the point of keeping them? And it just goes around and around in circles and tends to come down to uh, even eBay. Ain't nobody got time for that, which is sad because that used to be what I did for the comic shop I worked for. I was exclusively doing their eBay stuff. And now I'm just kind of like, yep, eBay sure would be nice if there was enough hours in the day. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a whole hassle. I, I mean, I, that's why I only list a few things every now and again. Uh, but again, it's it's getting to where I'm just like, I have no room. Like my house, I feel like I live in an apartment, but it's just because I have collectibles right? everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm sitting here in my office and I'm like, okay, well, what what can I fit where? Like my my home video shelves are starting to overflow. What can I fit where? Now, granted, that's my fault that mm-hmm. it's overflowing, but it's like a junkie kind of thing, you know, right, uh, it's, right. it's a, it's a must get to the home video stuff. Like I, I picked up a couple of things from South Korea a while back and now I'm like, must have all the new movie stuff from South Korea. So now <laughs> I've done that. Right. And now it's like, like now what? Maybe Japan or India or something. You know? Right. You just can't get away from it. Uh, but yeah, I feel it. Thankfully, um, at least one of the games we're going to be talking about this time is a game that's relatively compact in terms of storage. And we'll be talking about the new game that's coming, and most new games can be purchased digitally, which is probably how I'll go. So thankfully, digital media is at least letting us save some physical space. So uh, I guess we have that going for us in this age of gaming to sort of slowly circle us back around to our our forte here. Right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll say, so have you pre-ordered already or no? Of course, we're talking about uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Yes, as opposed to, again, McDonald's fouled up order. Or I guess around here would be Bojangles fouled up order, big time. Um, I have not because I'm planning on doing it digitally. Right. So unless there's like a digital cutoff date to get certain material, because if you remember, I think it was Battlefront 2 had you know pre-order bonuses, but there were also like super pre-order bonuses where if you pre-order past this point, you don't get this other stuff that people who did it really early got. Um now I'm kind of thinking about that with, with Jedi Fallen Order. If I'm going to do it digitally, I can do it just at the last minute. I'd love to just pre-order it now and just, you know, fire like fire and forget. It'll just be there whenever it comes out. But my concern is that as we get closer to it, given the way video games are these days for big, you know, big AAA games, I'm expecting like a week or two before launch, they'll be like, and here's the Super Ultimate Edition with a replica lightsaber. And it's a pain in the butt to cancel a pre-order through PlayStation Network Store. Right. So it's kind of one of those, I'm waiting for them to spring some other edition on us. But otherwise, I'll just get whatever the deluxe, you know, superified version is and just pre-order it digitally as close to launch as, you know, as makes sense. So I give enough time for them to surprise us with something super. Um, you Now, are you going to go digital or physical? And are you doing the pre-order thing? Because I know pre-ordering is kind of a, and pre-order bonuses are kind of a controversial thing within the genre anyway right so honestly what i would like to do is get it go pc this time um but i'm probably not going to and the reason why is because of my other collecting hobby which is the action figures they're doing a black series figure and i i yep i know they're at gamestop right i yeah so best i can find it's 
through GameStop. I can't tell if that's the only way you can get this figure. Um, but if it is, then I'm going to have to do that. Um, if I could just, you know, get it, um, you know, if it's something that they're going to release anyway, or, or like say GameStop's going to have this figure, but they also have it with the, the game. Well, then I would want to go, um, you know, just get the figure, but from the way it's looking, it looks like you have to pre-order the game to get the figure like that's the only way that yeah. you're going to able, be able to get it yeah if that's can, the case i can see it on I'm, I'm looking at the gamestop website right now and i can see playstation 4 and xbox one regular and deluxe versions of jedi fallen order and there's one option for each that includes that figure it's just referred to as the figure bundle but right all i did was search for jedi fallen order figure and nothing came up as any kind of standalone. Doesn't mean it might not happen later, but you, I mean, you know that this thing's going to wind up on eBay at some point. It's just a question of whether or not it's going to show up on eBay at a price that makes it worth waiting to grab it that way, um, no, rather than just it ordering it physically. So no, there's, there's so it no doesn't way. show up like something from you know a celebration or something. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think honestly, I just need to just go and do it through the PlayStation again. I don't really want to. I just I, I much prefer playing on PC. I just I really do. But I just you know, it's not gonna happen. I'm I'm gonna end up with the uh stupid uh playing it on PC, which is it's I mean on, on PlayStation, which is fine. It's just my setup is just not the best for it. Because I don't I don't know. For me, like I like to be a certain distance from the TV, and I thought getting the bigger TV would make it better. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, then you know, I can I can sit on the couch and play that way. But I can't. It's still not. I don't know. It's it's still not big mm -hmm. enough that uh, you know the the distance from the couch that because I can't see well enough to to do stuff. You know what I mean? Um. And so it's just, it's more comfortable to be closer, which means that I'm standing up playing video games. And that's not fun. You can always get it for the Switch. Oh, wait. It's yet another of these titles not coming to the Switch. Um, I do think it's funny that I, I, I hope that when they start advertising this really heavily, the, the computer version, that they refer to it as the PC version so that we can get jokes like, you know, he didn't have a Jedi Master. He had a Jedi Teacher because Master suggests domination, and that is just politically incorrect, and so on and so on. Man, your jokes just do not get any better. We don't like the PC version. We're not going for the PC version. Believe me. Believe me. All right. Is that better? No? no? Yeah, I didn't think so. But yeah, so I'm going to pre-order at some point. I'll do the Deluxe Edition. Um, wow, he's really hammering away over there. He's like, Deluxe Edition! He's all excited with his, his, his rattling thing. But it looks like right now, um, as far as the Deluxe Edition and the pre-order bonuses and whatnot, um, there doesn't seem to be, from what I've seen, differences outside of that figure between... Um, physical and digital. So right. that will hopefully meet, make for a fairly easy decision when the time comes. It's just a question of, is there going to be a super duper deluxe or is it just what they're showing now? If it's what they're showing now, screw it. I'll go digital. Right, right. Because I... I'm done dealing with disk drives that keep dying. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say just just go digital then. Like, if you don't care about the, the, the action figure, just go digital. Um, you know... 
Now, the other option, though, is, of course, you know, we talked about beforehand uh, Amazon being so much cheaper. So that might be a reason that you would want to go uh, physical. Possibly. Although I'm told that that I mean, I haven't pre-ordered a game through Amazon in a little while. Uh-huh. I seem to recall the, the discount not being the same anymore. Um, it seemed like it was still cheaper when I was just looking at it because um, I have it on my wish list at the moment. Uh, so their deluxe edition cost. Give me two seconds here to scroll. Uh, Fifty ninety four. Is that the deluxe? This is edition? true. This is true. That's. I was thinking in terms of there was a there was a special thing for Prime members. I had thought. Um, but maybe I'm just maybe it's all shooting over my head. I remember saying at some point I was not going to pre-order from uh, Amazon anymore thanks to something that arrived extra late though. So I haven't really, you know, touched it in any in any recent pre-orders. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean for me, I mean I would. It doesn't really matter to me disc or digital. Typically, I normally would have gone disc mm-hmm. um, because it's less space until you get a whole bunch of updates and such. But now that I've had those issues with the disc drives, I don't really want to trust it. So most of the things I'm going to get that will probably stay on the hard drive for a while or be heavy use, I'm just going to go digital because I don't want to constantly be spinning that drive and having the chance of it croaking again. Uh, Two PS4 Pros with dead disk drives that had to be replaced the last time paying out of pocket to do it is enough. Um, But I want to be playing on PS4. I don't want to necessarily play on Xbox One. Um, I just tried starting up um, Force Unleashed 1 on Xbox One, and I just... I just still just do not like the Xbox controller relative to the PlayStation one. I much prefer playing on PS4 than on Xbox. Um, And there's not a portable, you know, I I actually may have even leaned towards a switch version if there was a switch version because of the portability of it. But no, this one just doesn't have one, which is, I guess, to be expected, unfortunately. I hear you, man. Yeah. It's, um, I, I, I wish that, um, there was more with with portability because I'm the same way. You know, I, I there's just not as many games. I, w- I was considering doing now. Obviously, it wouldn't be for this, but for some other like older games or or stuff on Steam. There's actually a, a setup for Steam where you can um, play with the uh, was it that Pi thing? Um, now I can't even think of it. Uh, Raspberry Pi. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So basically with the, the Raspberry Pi, Steam actually now has their setup so you can play their games on a Raspberry Pi and there's, you know, different things where you can basically set up a Raspberry Pi as a handheld device. Um, and it's about the size of like a PSP. Not bad. Sounds like a lot of trouble, but not bad. Yeah. I mean, once, it's once you got it set up then you know, it's set up. So it's just like anything else. You, It's it's all in that front-loaded time, and then after that, you just play, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, it didn't look too bad, what I was seeing. You know, obviously, there's you got to do a little bit of soldering, but nothing too bad. Um, I mean, I, I've done soldering before, but mm, I don't know. It's it's just, you know, the cost of it and everything. So I'm like, do I really want to spend, like, 80 bucks on this, or do I want to spend 80 bucks on something else? And it's just always been something else, but... I don't know. Maybe, right. maybe one day so, I'll, I'll, I'll switch it out. So I guess we should point out here what actually you're getting. So um, pre-order bonus-wise, there is 
some uh, unique cosmetic equipment for your lightsaber and your droid companion. You get an orange lightsaber blade color, uh, BED1 skin, or BD1 skin, uh, my Gito campaign hilt, an Umbaran campaign hilt, um, and I guess the Crimson BD1 skin, Crimson Manta skin, digital art book, and director's cut behind the scenes stuff. That's all deluxe edition stuff. So in essence, um, if you decide to pre-order this thing you get some bonuses the deluxe gives you other bonuses but it looks like there's nothing it's it's not like the complaints about the early stuff with um battlefront right it's not like hey here's stuff that you're gonna get that if you pre-order or if you get the deluxe edition you have a leg up on the competition uh primarily because this one does not have any type of multiplayer that we've heard of nor does it in theory supposedly have microtransactions so this is I'm I'm trying to figure it out because isn't this the kind of game that EA said people don't want that they're not gonna make anymore? I I don't know if it's uh so much a matter of people don't want as much as a matter of hey we can't make as much money. It's not a game as a service; it's just a freaking game. Right? Yeah. I I mean I I think it's it's one of those situations where. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we've talked about this so many times. And, you know, of course, anytime people start speculating or, or saying or, you know, any rumors or whatever, then you're going to have them come out and be like, nope, nope, everything's good. It's all good here. And you're just like, then why <laughs> why do you suck so hard then? You know? Um, <laughs> to put a fine point on it. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where I just get sick of it after a while. You know, like... If this isn't the case, then then tell us what the hell's up. Don't don't sit here and just be like, nope, it's all good. We love it. We're having so much fun making one game every other year. Really? I I I it's odd that everyone seems to find that hard to believe, yet they still keep trying to just go, nope, that's the case. And you know, I don't know. I just, it's one of those things where I'm just like, sure, whatever, whatever. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know why they're making this game, just to be completely honest with you. I don't know if, um, you know, Disney slash Lucasfilm said, look, you guys need to, you need to do something else. Like, these are games that worked in the past. Um, you, you really need to do this. I don't know if they're like, you know what? we'll just do this because of whatever, or if it's just a case of that they had these games set and, you know, this is just the one that didn't get canceled because we know that all the others just right. got canceled. So, you know. What's interesting, because this is, I mean, this is Respawn that's doing it. And I've right. just recently, as I said I was going to, I've taken to starting to play uh, Titanfall 2. Right. Now, I've probably maybe halfway, a little bit more than halfway through the story, um, unless I'm just wrong on how long it is. Um, and I gotta say their storytelling mixed in with the gameplay works pretty well. Um, so I think, and, and you can see shades of, of respawn in Jedi fallen order, like the wall running and stuff. You see, you're like, yep, that's Titanfall. Um, but the way they handle it has, is, is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's now that is Titanfall two Titanfall one barely had any story. And it was something you got kind of as you were playing the different missions, you'd get snippets here and there to sort of fill it in in your head, sort of. So, you know, it seems like they learned from Titanfall 1 for Titanfall 2. And now they're taking that type of, of storytelling to another level with this because you're able to have more of the cinematics and such um, 
that are that are built in within the game. And what I've seen so far, what we saw out of E3, what we saw out of Celebration, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. It, I mean, it, it is very reminiscent to me of sort of a, a next-gen, what do you do with the Force Unleashed if you've got the team yep. behind Titanfall doing it? Um, mm-hmm. But we know that we're going to see Saw Guerrera in it with uh, Forrest Whitaker doing the voice. We know we've got um, the, the main character played by the friggin' Joker and his brother, because they were twins, um, from Gotham, which is odd. What? That was the same you know, guy? Wasn't it the same guy? I don't know. I'm just messing with you. I haven't even seen no, it. It's definitely the same guy here as <laughs> in Gotham. I just can't remember if it was two actors or twins. I, have, I think it was two actors. I have not seen uh, one, actor, one second I mean. of Gotham. I don't freaking know. I'm just um, being <laughs> checking. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those shows that, that just... Right, right. You always were kind of sitting there. You kept watching because you were waiting for it to get better, and it just didn't and now it's over so then they said Um, you know what well let's do it with superman yeah so um you know it's it's cool to see that character or that actor in the role because it's only the second thing i've seen him in so it's going to be another of these instances like with you know like say with the phantom menace where there's this question of how long will it take for the audience to see that actor as the character and and have that be what's entwined in their head as opposed to it being oh hey that's the guy that played joker Right. Or, oh, hey, that's Liam Neeson. I know him from Schindler's List or whatever. Um, That type of thing. So unless somebody has uh, been a big fan of Gotham or just seen a lot of Gotham, I'm not sure that he has the recognizability outside of that. So hopefully this will be another instance of seeing someone who sort of um, embodies the character so much that we sort of see him as that. I mean, I I know people who still can't refer to Sam Witwer as anything other than Starkiller, even though he's also played Maul, et cetera, et cetera. but yeah, I mean, it looks like a great experience. I'm excited for it. I'm ex- I'm I'm actually excited for a Star Wars game for the first time in a very long time. So that tells you something. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I'm kind of like, all right, on it. I'm I'm not super excited, but I'm not just like whatever either. Like, it looks pretty good. But like you said, it's um. I'll say it's nothing. I didn't feel like it was anything that just completely blew me away that I said like, Oh, we have never seen this before. And again, now I've, I've said multiple times that they don't, I don't have to be blown away every single time. Um, now that it's a little bit harder to get excited when you're not blown away and, and you, are getting one game every two years, but nonetheless, I, I don't have to be blown away. It's it's just it's a matter of, you know, like you said, yeah. It's I, I felt like the game was the Force Unleashed if it were done today by EA. <laughs> you know, right? I mean, right. It, it, but that, but that to me to me that's part of why I'm excited because those were my favorite Star Wars games. Oh, and I love so yeah, to see I love something games. like that come to this generation. I think is going to be great. Mm-hmm. And I've just been, you know, I, I I don't think until seeing some of the stuff about this, I was really cognizant of just how much we've been needing this kind of Star Wars game again. How much what we've been getting for Star Wars just hasn't cut it for what mm-hmm. most fans actually want to play. Um, how much it's been sort of watered down and turned into, well, we're just going to give you a story just so that we can get you to buy something and then play multiplayer and then we'll work in the microtransactions, et cetera, et cetera, hey and guys, that sort of thing. We're, we're, we're going to do no microtransactions. Clap for us. Or we're going to go through and we're <laughs> going to do um, 
uh, a game that just retells the same stuff over and over again. Like we got the announcement of the Skywalker Saga Lego Star Wars game. Right. And I got to tell you, I may get it so we can talk about it on the show, but I have no excitement for that because I feel like we've done that a million times. And even if it's all new and it's not just reusing levels from previous Lego Star Wars games, for God's sake, how many times are we going to play the same freaking movies in not just video games, but in Lego games? Um, so, I mean, even The Force Awakens had a giant Lego game, and now it's going to be covered too. It's kind of like, here, play games you've already played as Lego with these two new ones here. Buy another freaking Lego game. Um even if it again, even if it's all new content, it's still covering the same material. So to have something that's not an adaptation, that's not just here's a little bit of campaign to go with your giant multiplayer, um, to be able to just have a story-driven single-player game, that's fantastic. I mean, hell, even I if you think back, even Uncharted got away from that. Uncharted was an amazing single-player experience for those who dig, you know, the kind of the Indiana Jones vibe, but even those games started to add a tacked on and then more developed multiplayer over time. Um, this is a more sort of pure form of a the force unleashed esque kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I guess, I guess my excitement is it's not so much about the story. It's not so much about any specific aspect of it. It's just that, Holy crap. We're actually finally getting a game like this. I wasn't sure we ever would given all the crap EA has talked about single player experiences. Right. Yeah. I, I thought mean, this was only going to be the purview of exclusives like God of War to PS4, you know? Right. Right. No, I, I hear you. Um, like I said, it's it's cool. I'm glad they're doing it. I just don't know. You know, um, I, I'll probably, like I said, definitely going to pick the game up. It's just going to be a matter of like, hey, let's let's see once we get closer to time. I will say, you know, the the Sagarera thing's pretty cool. You know, I mean, we, he he kind of feels like he's almost like the chocolate of um, Star Wars, where they're just like, I don't know, just put just put some Sagarera on it, that'll make it. Or I guess maybe ch- not chocolate, maybe uh, salt. I don't know. I, yes. Okay. I, I, so I just you like... just went from a you just went from referring to Forrest Whitaker's character as chocolate to now picking something very white. You're going to annoy some people because this isn't the PC. Wait, or is this the PC version of the game? My it's, bad. Anyway, continue. It's, I'll be getting the PS3 version. So, I don't, I, 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 it, there, I don't know. I'm trying to make a food you, reference you say here. That, you say that, but I think back to my days with the Force Awakens 1 where I, or a Force Unleashed 1, where I got it on everything but PS2. Like, I was playing it on literally, every, I was playing it on my friggin' old like slide up for a keyboard phone. I was pretty obsessed with that. Yeah, but gross. Um, I mean, I get wanting to play it, but that cannot be fun. No, it wasn't. Not really. <laughs> it was just for making patterns with the buttons. Ugh. All right. Well, anyhow, point being, uh, the the point that I'm trying to make that's just not going very well. He's he's kind of like the. Oh, here we go. He's the Frank's red sauce. Put that on everything. Okay, but so he is—he's now the ambi- the the ubiquitous character who's going to give us our dash of Star Wars in just about everything. I get it. Yeah. Um. But it but that's sort of that allow that's a role that it makes sense for him to be in, given that he doesn't have to then tie everybody into the mainstream Rebel Alliance. It lets them have someone else right. to be a contact without being like, well, where was he during the movies? Kind of stuff, right? right because right. 
you know, Saw's got his own thing going on. Well, and I think it's a good idea, too, because, you know, when you're wanting to make this, like, larger world, I think that's a good way to start to kind of branch out, right? Because, you, like you said, it's like, okay, well, he wasn't in the movies, and you know, with the exception of Rogue One, obviously, but, like, so what, what was his place during all of this time period? And so you're getting that, and then you're seeing him interacting with other characters who can then interact with other characters and we can get that wider universe other than it just always having to be about, you know, the Skywalker family. It's our window. He's our window into the saga. It's how we saw it. But, um, no. Okay. Yeah, right. I didn't. Think so, so anyhow, <laughs> so anything else about Jedi fallen order before we move into some of the other stuff? Cause we do have a lot of stuff to try to cover. Yeah. I mean, so let's, I mean, I do, I feel like we've been kind of vague on it. Um, you know, some of the stuff that we did see in the gameplay, we saw the running on the walls, um, you know, which looked really good. We saw the, you know, some of the, the different combat stuff, which, I don't know. A lot of it is I don't know exactly what to expect. A lot of times it's harder to to say without seeing, you know, without actually having it in your hand or, or seeing, you know, some of the, the mm-hmm. controls and stuff. But they were showing, you know, they were showing off a lot of different stuff you can do, like uh, freezing the blaster bolt and then take, grabbing the stormtrooper, right. pulling him toward you and then throwing him into the blaster bolt. That was kind of neat. Um, Which is, very, again, it's very the Force Unleashed for a Next Generation-esque mm-hmm. But I, I feel like, too, here's here's one thing that I, I want to give them credit for, because I feel like the Force Unleashed was very much a, you know, Star Wars meets Dragon Ball Z type of thing, where if you were to just go strictly by what you see as far as, like, the most powerful Force user, then it's like, oh, okay, well, clearly no one has ever come close to what uh galen merrick did right like as far as like what you actually see on the screen i feel like this time they were able to make it still very cool and interesting but a little more realistic you know what i mean it's it's more about tactics than it is about uh like raw power if that makes sense like force repulse and stuff like that but that's only what we've seen though have they said anything about that kind of comparison that we know of or is it just we're going only by the abilities we've seen the abilities we've seen look cool but they also look like things you might see you know luke do late in the saga or something but do we know for sure if they're avoiding over the top stuff on purpose I, I'm not saying that, that they are for sure. I'm just saying, you know, hey, based on what we saw, that's, you know, that was just sort of a, an interesting uh, thing that I noticed. So will that continue to be the case? I don't know. But the, the video was, I think it was like 13, 14 minutes long of the, the gameplay footage we got. So, I mean, that could mean nothing. I don't know, man. Why are you hassling me? I'm just trying. I'm just trying to entertain people here why why you gotta be on my back we only saw a few minutes what does that have to do with anything everything sorry (laughs) trying for that phantom menace reference there um no i like it i mean i think that what we saw was solid i think it's going to be fun to play i think the question is going to be the longevity of it because if they're not doing microtransactions there's no multiplayer are they going to give us like DLC missions eventually or add content to the game in that way? Or is this sort of a one and done type of thing? And if it is one and done, I wonder what message that sends to 
EA if they're going to turn around and say, see, we told you we can't, you know, milk this sucker for as much money as we could these other games. Um, kind of, yeah, I always wonder as an economics teacher what type of message is being sent by the, 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 the money going in for any particular product. Same thing with like the recent release of Star Wars number 108 from Marvel that picks up uh, as a story after the original Marvel uh, Star Wars comic series from the 70s and 80s came to an end. It's a single issue. It was a big event. It sold well, very well. But it begs the question, is that sending a message of, you know, we should do more legend stuff? Or is the message, oh, well, it's an event comic, so we can't take that seriously, which is probably a little bit of both. But the same kind of thing, I really wonder, uh, like, what do we have going for us here if what they see is a game that sells well out of the gate and gets great reviews, but isn't as big a profit generator as something like a Battlefront? Um, does that justify their disdain for it or not? You know, I mean, I, just, I don't know. Like, I can't imagine EA truly living by reviews and fan response. You know what I mean? That they're all about the bottom line. Well, Whereas I mean, respawn, I could, and any business is like that, but I could see respawn being more about, you know, this was a very well-received game. Let's do more like it, as opposed to seeing EA hear something like that and have that same reaction. You know, it's like, I feel like they're more tone deaf to the fan response than, than the actual developers of the game itself. Okay, sure. But keep in mind, it's with like talking battlefront Two. And and that's a game that, like I said, I enjoyed the uh, Battlefront Two. I, f I felt like the multiplayer was just more same old, same old. But the actual story, I loved. Right. However, it didn't really sell a lot of copies. I mean that that's public knowledge. So you can you can ignore what uh, fans are saying or whatever if you know if, if the money's there. If you're going, eh, you know, we've we've got the you know, you always hear, ah, it's just a vocal minority. Well, if, you know, if you're you're doing really well as far as sales and stuff go, then you can say that. But if you're not, if you're doing the numbers that, and I don't have them right here on hand, but I know it's very low. But if, if you're doing a lot less numbers, like how, um, you know, Battlefront 2 did, well, you better start listening, you know? Yeah, I just wonder, I mean, because with Battlefront 2, I could see them writing it off as, oh, that was a whole microtransaction controversy. Otherwise, we would have sold gangbusters. See, guys, no microtransactions with this one. Problem solved. When it's, True. you know, a bit more complex than that. But right. we'll see. We'll see. I'm hoping that this will be something that is successful enough that we see more like it. Oh, uh, um, because I Because we definitely need more like this in our Star Wars game library and less of just... You know, multiple Star Wars skins over classic multiplayer we've seen a million times before. Right, right. I mean, a hundred percent. And like I said, it's you know, if you're going to reskin a game, just do more than the multiplayer game. I, I don't care if you reskin the game; just give us something different. Give it, give us a Sonic the Hedgehog reskin starring Mace Windu. I mean, come on. Oh my God! Now I want that. Like, <laughs> and you know, Sam Jackson wants to return to the role, so he'd probably voice it. Oh man, how cool would that be? But here's the thing: do it in two D. Not it, not. What are you talking? It would not be cool. That was the whole point. No, that would be fantastic. What oh, are you? God. What are you talking about? This is where you get crap like Super Bombad Racing. I like Super Bombad. Yoda Racing. stories. You know what? Sometimes you just take all the fun out of everything. That's my job. 
I'm a parent now. That's absolutely my job to take the fun out of everything. But no, look, anything that sounds dangerous or stupid, I'm taking the fun right, out of it. All right, here's the thing. So, all right, listen to me for a moment. All right, let's see if I can sell you on this. It's it's like Sonic. It's a very Sonic the Hedgehog style uh, game, right? But it's uh, it's 2D. But it's Mace Windu, and it's the Tartakovsky art. So it has that super, and it, so it's kind of that super Mace Windu from that. I, eh, maybe. Come on, maybe. admit it. It sounds pretty good, right? You, you would, I mean, it sounds it sounds like like it would be something that would give fans nightmares. But I mean, I don't, think I, I'll about, tell you what. You can I'll tell you what. As a, you can't have it as a console game, but if you do it as a mobile game, go for it because the mobile ge- mobile market for Star Wars games is already kind of bizarre anyway. So I'll give it to you as a mobile game. How's that? Like a Temple Run? Or no, 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 Sonic no, no, not not as a mobile games. game. Let's let's say it's like a, a digital only, like like twenty bucks on the the PlayStation Network. Maybe, although I would I would probably say make it something. If it's going to be that kind of goofy, it, it probably needs to be like a three DS, two DS game. Well, whatever, I'd buy it either way. So, anyhow, <laughs> moving on to games that do exist and will be made and not some sort of <laughs> crap that Nate and I come up with. What you got? What what, what else we got on the docket? Well, um, we now have the uh, release of Vader Immortal Episode 1 um, with the Oculus Quest. Um, that was one that um, I was excited for and that you got me more excited for thanks Again, to... Again, I don't know about- how. I I I said nothing positive about it, and you were like, "Oh, you really sold me on it." I'm it like, "Looks cool." So yeah, like, so it turns out you it's a it. pretty cool experience. Um, if you are on the fence about an Oculus Quest, basically what it is is it is a portable uh, VR system, right? You don't need to hook it to a console. You don't need to hook it to a computer. It is completely portable. It's the headset. It's the charger, and it's the two controllers that you hold in your hands, the Oculus Touch controllers. Um, it uses, unlike most VR systems where it's basically you in front of a camera or something that is tracking you from outside of you, the actual cameras are built into the headset and face outward to track your movement. So you literally have 360 degrees, six, uh, six degrees of freedom kind of movement. You can turn around, you can look up, look down, go prone, whatever, and it still knows where you are. You set up a boundary in any room that you're going to play in, and it will save up to, I think it's like five different locations, so you don't have to set up a boundary. And if you get too close to the boundary, it looks almost like the wall of a Star Trek holodeck, so you know you're about to run into crap. Um, exactly. Um, <laughs> he goes, yeah, he, that's important. He's like, he's like I've, seen, I've seen what happens to Daddy's knuckles whenever Daddy hits the counter or hits the refrigerator while playing VR. Um, but it, He probably thinks, the, God, he's so dumb. The tracking is... The tracking is very impressive with these new Oculus Touch controllers. I feel like the tracking is much more um, accurate even than what we get in good lighting with the PlayStation VR. Um, And, of course, with these being Oculus Touch controllers, you not only have triggers for your fingers and buttons for your thumbs, you have analog sticks on both controllers, plus you have uh, what's called the grip button, which is basically there for your middle or ring finger uh, beneath the regular trigger on kind of the side of it so that the grip feels more um, natural. Um, it runs on a fairly powerful uh, mobile um, chip, so it's not going to be something that gives you an experience exactly like what you would get from like the Rift or Rift S or the Vive or even the PlayStation VR per se. But for what it does, it does it really well. I'm surprised at how the lack of a of much of a screen door effect, um, which is where you, your face is so close you see the individual pixels, so it looks like you're looking through a screen door. Um, 
and just this the fidelity that you get out of these games. So I'm very impressed by the hardware. Again, there's a $400 version that's 64 gigs. There is a $500 version that is 128 gigs, but those are the only differences. I went 128. Um, And right now, the only thing that's really hurting it is just there's not much of a game library yet. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's slowly being built on, but you can play things like Moss, which was a big hit on PlayStation VR at, at one point. Um, super hot VR. I mean, a lot of the VR games don't need to be super graphically intensive to still look good because they they aren't graphically intensive on their original versions anyway. Um, so I like super hot. I played through and I would put it this way as far as the accuracy of the controllers. I was able to play through super hot and beat that game on PlayStation 4 with PlayStation VR. I tried to play super hot. I couldn't get past the intro and never even realized I was still stuck in the intro because I never got further than that. Because you have to move in ways that it's not going to be able to easily track the little glowy balls on the uh, controllers. Um, so very solid piece of hardware. I'm very glad that I picked it up. I'm continuously you know, adding games here and there to the the um, uh, the library that I have access to, like Beat Saber, for example, which is not Star Wars, but still cool. It's the rhythm game where you got basically two lightsabers cutting blocks flying at you to the rhythm of music. Um, very much like Guitar Hero meets Star Wars, sort of. Um, but... The big launch title that actually sold me on it was Vader Immortal. And Vader Immortal is what they refer to, for those who aren't familiar with the terminology, as a VR experience, rather than calling it a VR game. In other words, it's basically a story that you participate in by being the main character. And there are things that you will do that are game-like, game-esque, whatever you want to call it, but... It's not sort of a question of, you know, succeed or fail. And you're not really controlling in a way that you would most games. Like Journey of the Gods, for instance, on the on the Oculus Quest, is a Zelda-like game where you have a lot of control over what you do, where you go, what missions you go on, and what you complete when, and that sort of thing. Not so with a VR experience. It's much more about being in the moment and being part of the story. So what you've got is basically it runs maybe half hour, 45 minutes, depending on what you're doing. Um, so basically, um, you are a smuggler. You're there with your droid, Zoe, played by Maya Rudolph from uh, Saturday Night Live. And basically, you've just escaped the huts, except now you are pulled out of hyperspace uh, by the Empire. And Vader needs you specifically for something because of your bloodline. And you wind up in a story that has you going to Vader's castle on Mustafar and playing through as you see Vader's machinations, learning more about the origins of Mustafar, and it is a canonical story, so this is the canonical story of the origin of why Mustafar is kind of a hellscape. It wasn't always, as was hinted at uh, in the Fortress Vader comics from Darth Vader, Dark Lords of the Sith by Charles Sewell. Um, Soul. Soul. I keep saying Sewell. Soul. Um, but then as you work your way through it, you will eventually get your hands on a lightsaber. Um, you'll have a combat experience. Um And it sort of leads off into a sort of a to be continued to send you off into the next mission. From a gameplay perspective, essentially, you've got like a hydro spanner type thing, and you can use that to open up panels on the walls and such, kind of like R2-D2 looking, you know, plug it in panels. Right. Um, right. And you'll do some hacking. You'll be climbing up and down ladders. And at one point, the outside of the fortress, you can see the vista around you. Um, You'll be using a lightsaber to do things like deflecting blaster bolts. Um combat uh, with some droids and whatnot, using it to cut your way into some places, um, that sort of thing, essentially. So it's not very heavy gameplay. 
Yeah, it, it's, but it's fun. See, you hear him laughing. He just <laughs> he hasn't played it, but I know he thinks it's fun. Um, but the thing about it, though, is it's very immersive and you feel like you're kind of part of the story by the time it's done. And it leaves you definitely wanting more. And the lightsaber controls. I mean, I I was a big proponent of um, what do you call it? Jedi challenges, right? right the right. AR game from Lenovo, which is all right. And it's pretty decent for lightsaber battles, but you got to constantly like recenter the blade and that sort of thing. Right. Hey, can and I ask you real really, quick? Uh, I know this yeah. is a little off topic, but you brought it up um, with that because I was actually looking at the the price points yeah, on that. Yeah, dropped so much. Yeah. Right. Um, there's actually two on there. I, I don't know if you noticed. There, there's two uh, um, Jedi challenges on Amazon. Do you know what the difference is between the two? I would have to look it up. Okay. Well, we don't see. have to do that now. I just, I, I noticed it and I was like, what? I don't know which one's the good one. Cause you know, one of them's cheaper than the other, but for the most part, they look the same. The only thing I noticed was something about like, uh, I think maybe one of them had a clear versus like the other one's black or something. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, do you know? Send us an email at cloudcitycasino at gmail.com or, you know, message us on Twitter, just at cloudcitycasino. It makes me wonder if one is like an Amazon marketplace thing of somebody trying to sell it for like the original price versus otherwise. It seems Um, like they're different. It does seem like they're different, but I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll send you the links at some point. Okay. Um, but yeah, so with Jedi challenges, you know, you're doing the Jedi combat, you're doing the lightsaber combat, but it's all about sort of the telegraphed stuff, um, to some degree, uh, which it does in some cases in this game as well. Um, but not telegraphed in a way of like, it shows up as like the line on the screen or anything. So it's a little bit more challenging to know exactly where to block and stuff like that. Um, but it's just constantly having to realign the blade and the fact that it, it felt it almost feels like when you're doing Jedi challenges compared to playing um, Vader Immortal, it almost feels like Jedi challenges like wielding a bat versus a blade. Mm-hmm. Because in Jedi challenges, it's a thicker blade that you're dealing with, and you don't have to be quite as accurate with things like blocking blaster bolts and such. Um, you don't feel like you have that kind of finesse and control, whereas in Vader Immortal, it feels like you do. Um, and then once you get done playing through the main story, you also have access, if you want to keep playing, to the dojo, lightsaber dojo, yep, which is exciting, <laughs> um, where you can play all kinds of scenarios of basically up you against droids or you against remotes, you against remotes that have shields that have to be hit twice in quick succession, um, stuff like that. Um, and you can unlock like different lightsaber colors and stuff like that as you play. So, yeah, but you know what they the say, though, point, good against remotes, that? that's one thing. Yeah, good against good against the living. That's that's something else. But there's nobody living in Vader Immortal. It's you against the game. Sorry, I, I um, couldn't resist. And really, though, those remotes can be a pain in the butt. By the way, especially when there's like twenty of them flying around. Right. Um. But uh, but it's but it's cool, and that that gives you that good chance to use that 360 degree or six degrees of freedom thing, because. When you're doing that Jedi dojo mode, a lightsaber dojo mode, I mean, those remotes will go behind you. They'll be all over around you, and you'll just hear them powering up to shoot, and you got to turn in the right direction to stop it. It's not like everything's in front of you. There are options you can choose so that they can't sh- go behind you. There are options for comfort for, like, if I want to play sitting versus standing and stuff like that. But for the mm-hmm. full experience, you know, stand up and turn all the way around and make sure you've got your guardian set up so you don't run into crap. <laughs> but it's a great 
fun experience with that. And the story itself is interesting and intriguing. Um, I'm just hoping to see more of it because at this point, there's not a whole lot of characters yet, um, but it's pretty sweet. And I would say that it's something that's, you know, if, if given that it's going to be a series, it should be a selling point for the quest. There's other reasons to get a quest too, but it should work as a selling point for a quest. Uh, although it is being released or has been released recently, I think it's coming up uh, for the Rift S also mm -hmm. but it's made for those who are wondering like well when's it coming to vive or when am i going to be able to play it on a mobile device other than that or when am i going to be able to play it on playstation vr you're not because it's an <laughs> oculus exclusive produced in part by uh oculus Studios. so it's it's it is an oculus thing um although it, interestingly enough i hadn't realized that I, I hadn't put the two together a buddy of mine um if you've listened to my old star wars fan audio stuff um one of the guys who was in a few things uh, with me very early on is a guy named Ian Bowie. Ian now works for ILMX Lab. So oh, that's cool. I wound up having the shocking moment of seeing his name in the credits as I was finishing up playing <laughs> Vader Immortal, which is cool. Uh, speaking yeah. of which, if you want to see a full playthrough, the Oculus can let you broadcast to Facebook, but you can broadcast only either commentary audio or game audio, not both. So I did a full game playthrough as one video. Um, that I put up on Facebook on my page, and then I shared it over to Beyond the Films. I also shared it over to the Cloud City Casino page. So if you want to see a full playthrough because you're not going to jump on a quest, then that may be a way to to check it out. Um, still just does not get across the immersiveness of feeling like you're there in the ship jumping to hyperspace or you're there battling with a lightsaber with Vader across the room doing the same and stuff like that. But at least you'll be able to experience and see what the story is since it is a canonical tale. So yeah, so my my recommendation would be Quest, thumbs up, yes. You may not need 128 gigs, though, because you can always re-download the games that you got, and most of them are not huge. Um, Vader Immortal, if you've got access to a Quest, or now a Rip, absolutely check it out for the price point. Um, it's quite a bit of fun, and you'll get to you know have more episodes coming out in the near future. Um, should Episode 1 of Vader Immortal by itself be the selling point for a quest? No, it's the promise of more episodes. Um, because you know, I'd be pissed if I, you know, spent 400, 500 bucks on the equipment to play a game slash experience that winds up being like 45 minutes or so. Um, but the promise of more makes it something that's maybe worth the investment, or if nothing else, once the price starts to come down a little bit, maybe worth the investment. But uh, apparently, they sold pretty well, so. Uh, Again, the VR is a fad thing. I fight against that because it's, you know, it's my thing now. <laughs> it's my thing. <laughs> it's I'm my putting... thing now. My thing can't be a fad. Come on. <laughs> I back this wholeheartedly. All right. Um. So let's see. I guess that's the the major stuff, right? Do we do have any? I know we had a couple like smaller. We had, we do have another major one though. I think. Um. What? It's not a video game though. Uh. Outer Rim is finally out. Uh, okay. The new board game for Fantasy Flight, um, although they apparently have screwed up and didn't manage to get the game mats out at the same time, nor are they anywhere on their production schedule on their website. And the page for the game mat disappeared for a while, but is now back. So who knows what's happening with the game mat um, for Outer Rim. But Outer Rim turned out to be a really, really solid game. Mm -hmm. um, we haven't covered it a ton because there hasn't just been a whole lot about it, but um, it's a really enjoyable experience. You basically are dealing with, um, you know, you're one of eight characters 
and you are trying to make a name for yourself in the galaxy, build up to a certain amount of fame to win the game. And you're doing all kinds of stuff. You're going after bounties. You're pursuing jobs. You're delivering cargo. Um, you're in combat on the ground. You're in combat in space. Um, you're upgrading yourself. You're upgrading your ship. You're meeting personal goals and ship goals and all kinds of stuff. Um, it feels like it's a game that won't get stale very soon because there's so much to do and so much variety of your approach. Um, there's multiple market decks you can buy stuff from at different points as you're making credits and spending credits. Um, there are secret things that you can hide from the other players and eventually do um, as certain abilities. Um, just a really cool experience. If there's anything I would say about Outer Rim that is a downside is that it doesn't have it doesn't have a lot of direct player to player interaction. Um, you can trade with each other if you're on the same planet. And there are things you can do that can screw over the other player from time to time um, mm -hmm. and try to get at them and that sort of thing. But by and large, it's almost like you're playing a game to gain your fame. They're playing one to gain their fame. And they just happen to be coming up simultaneously. Um, there's not a lot of direct player to player interaction. Um, fortunately, the, the turns move fast enough that there's not a bunch of downtime for whoever's turn it isn't at the time. But it really plays like, you know, you're in the galaxy trying to make your name for yourself so are they but you're not necessarily always going to be in the same place constantly interacting and it's not like a combat type of game uh, directly most of the time there's only certain circumstances you actually go up against the other player in combat even um so it, it's very different than most of the fantasy flight star wars games okay um i gotta say one thing that's weird that i didn't notice until just now is lando and han do you know what I'm going to say? Just their looks? Well, it's basically, it looks like they, it looks like something changed in the middle of production, basically. Um, I, I would say they probably went back to the artist and said, no, make this a little more this or whatever. But it's basically the, um, you know, your, your more like original trilogy Han and Lando wearing the clothes from solo oh well because they can't keep their clothes um but no i i get what you're saying and it would make sense actually for this to be the younger looking versions of the characters from the solo film given that this is supposed to be them making a name for themselves in that type of arena as opposed to yeah. being once hans like with the rebellion or anything although the rebel alliance is around there are four factions that you have to deal with the rebels the imperials the huts and then the crime syndicates are considered a faction because the idea is that if you gain reputation within that sort of underworld, your name is known to all of them in some form rather than it being a syndicate specific. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's just a little odd. It's not a big deal, but it's just, like I said, just knowing that, that it's very unlikely that this was the, the decision. Most likely they had, you know the the original versions or or they did versions from solo and they were like eh that's not going to be very timeless like you know use the use billy d and um harrison ford like that's the the characters people know so right. you know basically well, go paste their heads on it thinking about it they don't really have planets in the game that are from solo right. um so it's very 
sort of solo free, so to speak, in that sense. And really the only places you would see those characters is as your characters if you're playing as them. The gen- In general, the other cards won't reference them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also note that it does bring in Dr. Afra as one of the playable characters, which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. But they didn't make sure, it's kind of weird, they didn't make sure that every one of the characters has a corresponding ship to go with them. Mm-hmm. So, like, you've got Bosk and the Houndstooth. You've got um, Boba Fett and Slave One. You've got Han and Lando, and you've got the Millennium Falcon in the game. And you've even got Aphra's Archangel from the comics in the game. Um, but because Han and Lando kind of both share a ship, and then you got Jyn Erso as one of the characters who also has no ship known as, as her ship, you got a couple of generic ships that are um, put in there. One is from, or not generic, but other ships. Like the Moldy Crow is in it, but there's no Kyle Katarn. Um, and so is the Valorous, which is a ship from the Clone Wars cartoon series um, that is put in there. Um, and the generic ships are the generic non-named versions of the Mist Hunter and the Twilight, essentially. Um, but, I mean, I, I've really enjoyed it. It's, it's one of those ones where you kind of have to remember that this is about what it's about, as opposed to it being, you know, I'm going to be true to this character. Because if you try to play Han true to Han, as we know him later in the saga you're probably not going to do certain things in the game. They're going to help you win. Like, like, you know, if, if I'm playing as Jyn or so, I probably am not going to go take out a bounty on Hera or Leia or something, but you know, you got to do what you got to do when you're trying to make your bones, you know? <laughs> um, and, and it's one of those things where you have so much stuff going on. I feel like this is the first time in any of the star Wars games where you're trying to, you know, gain fame or make, make a name for yourself or anything like that, that hustling seems like it really fits the terminology really fits because there's just so much to do that it really always feels like you know you're always doing this next thing and this next thing always trying to get ahead just this much more um so yeah to me i would say that it's probably it's probably going to be my go-to fantasy flat game star wars game for a while um i'm getting to the point where the direct head-to-head you know kill the other side type things that we get out of skirmish mode of imperial assault out of Legion, out of X-Wing, out right. of Armada is just sort of wearing thin. Mm-hmm. Um, such that I want something that it's either going to be more story-driven, as is the case of the campaign mode for Imperial Assault, or in this case, something that has you as an individual who's building a story of their own and going through these cool events and cool encounters with different characters that we see within the way it plays out. It's not just you encounter a character and it always works the same way. Each character has a card that gets pulled when you encounter them and something very different happens for each one. Uh, It feels like you're sort of living through a story. In that sense, it's even something I think works better than Rebellion, um, which is their other big board game that got one um, expansion because that was all about sort of one faction or another taking power in the galaxy. This feels more personal, even though it's not a campaign per se. So to me, it's a great refreshing change of pace. So this is what I'll be leaning towards. But I've been leaning towards that with a lot of my other gaming, like Gloom of Killforth and Nemesis and stuff like that. Um, I'm kind of over the constant let's just have armies clash or let's try to take over the galaxy kind of stuff. This was a perfectly timed release for me. Right. No, I, I hear you. I mean, I'm I'm right there with you on that stuff. I, I'm I'm a bit burnt out on this stuff. You know, I, I've mentioned I've uh, kind of been taking a break from X Wing and you know some some of the other games. Um, you know, they're fun and all, but just for me, I, I like stuff to be a little more. You know, I, um, I I want a little more out out of my games. So, 
And in this case, it's you're getting a lot of that other type of play out of this game that for right now is a standalone. Mm -hmm. Now, I noticed. So when you do certain things um, or when you encounter different characters and whatnot, there are what are called these data bank cards. That's what I was talking about, where you pull a card. Like if you encounter Dengar, you pull a card and you're going to have to basically fight Dengar. If you happen to encounter Leia, you pull a card and she may give you a rebel mission to go on. That sort of thing. So it just depends on the character. But in that deck, they're numbered, and it's not random. You actually pull the numbered card that goes with whatever you're doing. And I noticed that there's 53 of those cards, but they're numbered all the way to, like, 92. And some of them have a situation where, you know, you're pulling, like, card 92, but there's multiple copies of it um, because they want some randomness to that type of encounter without it always being the same every single time. So there's a lot of numbers within the number range of the databank cards that are never used. So I'm hoping that that means eventually we may actually get some expansion content that oh, yeah. adds more characters, more encounters, and so on into it, kind of like they did with that one expansion for Rebellion. Um, but for now, this is actually a Star Wars game for Fantasy Flight that is just a self-contained game. Right. And Shoot, we don't have anything else like that from Fantasy except what, the the Empire versus Rebellion game that was based off their CIA KGB card game that's like, you know, super blackjack. So I mean kind check out kind of um rebellion, but I mean Yeah, because you get that well, yeah, because you have the one expansion. And I right. would also note here, because I, I and I almost forgot, I made this point in a video. I actually did a huge content video so you can see everything that's in He's excited <laughs> that you can see everything that's in Outer Rim that I just uploaded to YouTube, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash chrono radio, C-H-R-O-N-O-R-A-D-I-O. Um, but it's also it's designed for solo play. Also, it is a one to four player game, not two to four. If you play as a one player game, there is an AI deck that controls the movements and choices of the AI player, um, so to speak. So it does have a full-blown solo mode that doesn't feel like it's just tacked on, which is also a big selling point of this one. Okay. I would never have thought of how big a selling point solo play would be until I started backing Kickstarter games. Mm -hmm. And solo play is one of the absolute make-or-breaks for games on Kickstarter. Uh, and one of the first things that people ask about. Uh, and I think this may, is this the first time we've seen a game designed specifically for solo, to, to allow for solo play without it being like an add-on, like with Imperial Assault with the app um, for Star Wars mm. or Fantasy Flight? I can't recall any others. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything. I don't know. Oh, and speaking, I guess last thing just to make sure I don't forget to mention it. I, I made the comparison between this and the other games. Imperial Assault. As we move on topic-wise, Imperial Assault. Yes. According to one of the viewers of my YouTube channel, I believe it was Geege1138, uh, um, apparently when answering questions about Imperial Assault at Celebration, Fantasy Flight confirmed no more stuff. Basically that it's going to be the app, and they just announced a new uh, playmat, one of those mm -hmm. skirmish mission playmats. But it looks like we were right in our assumption that we aren't going to be seeing more campaigns, more minis and stuff like that. Oh, and he's distraught. <laughs> I'm distraught. Um, but yeah, apparently they confirmed that. And I guess it didn't make any news whatsoever. Right. But yeah, apparently it has been confirmed. It isn't just speculation anymore. Well, yeah, because I've actually, I went looking for it and I, I couldn't find anything like hard on it. So... It, it's kind of interesting what they're saying. They're not just saying like, oh, the game is canceled. 
they're just like, we currently aren't developing anything for the game anymore. Right. It's like, here's some more skirmish maps. Because, again, they just re- announced a new one. Uh-huh. Um, and here's the app. And we're going to keep adding to the app. But when right. it comes to the big expansions, when it comes to the ally packs, the villain packs and things like that, they're done. So, in essence, yeah. they've they sort of minimized the footprint while still keeping it alive. Which, you know, I mean, to be fair, most most game companies with a game that is being wrapped up in essence, kind of like this one is, would just have cut it off cold turkey. You know, in this case, at least, we still get that kind of ongoing support. It's a lot like, in that sense, almost like a video game, right? There's still some support for the game in terms of updates to their app, whereas mm-hmm. the actual game itself is no longer really that much on their radar. Um, so right. I don't know whether to be impressed or sad. Probably a little bit of both. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it just kind of is what it is <laughs> so yeah i mean i guess we'll you know we'll definitely mention if we see anything else on it but yeah currently that that seems to be the case that they it's it, i don't know i just find it odd that they're like oh you know at, at the for the time being we're we're you know we're essentially we're going on hiatus you know uh and um indefinite hiatus or something i don't know it's just sort of odd why not just be like yes we're canceling it maybe maybe it's a matter of you know just the using those exact words is a a bad idea with games when you're trying to still sell stuff so they they try to use other terminology maybe i don't know probably i mean it's 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 one of those things you know you don't want to say that something is it's like um Gosh, uh, we said it with movies. We said it with a lot of stuff. Yeah, where mm-hmm. basically, it, it, did he just say EA? No, no, anything but EA. Um, but it just it's it reminds me of instances where there's plenty of instances where we see something that we know is canceled, but they right. they won't announce it until everything is out because they want to get it. You know, they want to get whatever the the last sales could possibly be. Again, that's that's sort of how I feel about what's happening with Armada. Given that with Armada, we've got one campaign coming out plus the super star destroyer eventually but nothing else announced at all um they could be heading the same direction with that um mm-hmm. i don't know that anybody asked them about it but it certainly feels like it's the same approach right right all right um see what is, is that everything was, are we missing anything as far as coverage i think we're good i mean i know we've missed stuff basically just since our last right <laughs> no, I'm saying the, something the we last time around I, I will say that I did uh, finally get the uh, Rise of the Separatists source book for um, the RPG and uh, advers- or Allies and Adversaries, both of mm-hmm. which were initially launched, I guess, at Celebration, and then they finally came through fa- through a, a Fantasy Flight through pre-orders and whatnot. Um, the campaign setting for uh, Clone Wars is fantastic. It really has some good advice for you know building any type of episodic campaign, let alone just for the Clone Wars era. And Allies and Adversaries is probably a must-get for anyone who's going to play... Um, uh, across the different game types to have the adversaries all kind of culled together into one book. So uh, definitely a couple of high points of recent, uh, or really the entire line, really, for uh, the Fantasy Flight uh, role-playing game. We don't cover that as much. Um, I always cover the books on my YouTube channel as they come out. But those two recent ones are pretty standout products for that product line, so that bears mentioning. All right, well... So if that's all we got, uh, it's just our, our little closeout, which is just let people know where they can find us. Of course, I mentioned earlier, 
We are on Facebook and Twitter, Cloud City Casino on both of those. Uh, we're at Cloud City Casino at Gmail. You can reach us there. Uh, our, and then, of course, we have our, our personal info. I'm just at Morris Isley on Twitter. It's the best, way, best place to reach me. Nate, where's the best places for people to find you? Uh, well, you can find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Nathan P. Butler author, which is my sort of public page. Um, you can find my book, A Saga on Home Video. You can find that, uh, of course, on Amazon. Uh, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Chrono Radio that I mentioned before is where you'll find a bunch of videos of stuff, you know, pertaining to this, the stuff that we talk about here. Um, and then I'm, you know, plenty of other places. Uh, Patreon.com slash Nathan P. Butler in particular want to pop on there and get some exclusive stuff but i'm all over i mean i mean i'm the only nathan butler with a p in the middle that i know of out there not the only nathan butler that's why i use the p <laughs> all right man uh but until next time let the wookie win if he's promoting like a single player experience because you don't get that very often <laughs> so true so true let the Wookiee win unless he's an executive at EA uh, I, I seriously man I mean I, I feel like we're, we're beating a dead uh, horse with it but at the same time it just every time I think about it I, I have to just go what the hell are they doing I know I feel that way about politics <laughs> yeah. <sighs> All right. This party's over.